If you've listened to the previous two episodes about interviewing, you would have a good grasp around the first half of an interview, the research. But what about the second half? The portion where you have to answer all of the behavioral questions and the dreaded, tell me about yourself. That's where your story comes into play. And that's why I wanted to bring on my guy, Stan Miller, to the show. He is the chief sales officer of Viewpost, and he started his own company that helps individuals master their own story to accelerate in their careers. This is part one of two episodes, but before we get started, for all of you that are new to the show, here's a brief intro and a message from our sponsors. Choose your fighter. Fight. Welcome to Declassified College, where I, Justin Wynn, share my cheat codes to college and make sure that you're ready for the real world by the time that you walk across that stage. Make sure you subscribe, not just for you, not just for me, but for the millions of college students around the world to find this podcast. Now, you don't want to let down millions of students, do you? So Stan Miller, Chief Sales Officer at ViewPost and founder at StoryCate. So what I love to do is what I'll tell you first. I love to help people recognize their potential so that they can achieve greatness. And I do that in a couple different ways. One is at ViewPost, helping all of the employees and staff and team recognize their potential so that we can achieve our revenue goals and help companies streamline their AP processes. The second way I do that is I help people at StoryCate with their careers and help students and business professionals traverse the waters that are our careers and help them achieve success and ultimately accelerate their career. That's amazing. And when we first connected, I want to say, what, two years ago or so, it was at a networking event. You were doing a presentation about storytelling, and it really caught my mind because I'd never thought of storytelling in that aspect. I'd paid attention to it subconsciously my whole life, right? Just watching movies, but I never actually saw how I could actually use it in my own life. So can you talk about why storytelling is so important to not just you, but in general? So good question. And uh, yeah, we did meet at a networking event, um, which was great. And what a good place for us to position our story. <laughs> so so why storytelling is a very simple, there's a simple answer to that question, which is who doesn't love a great story? We all operate and live inside of our narratives. Um, you know, our stories are developing and narratives are, are, are real living, breathing things that we are dealing with day in and day out. The problem is, is that most of us uh, don't recognize what our narrative is, and most of us can't convey what our narrative is in real time. So, you know, when you think about storytelling, there are reasons why we love movies. There are reasons why we turn our phones off when we enter a movie theater. There are reasons why we love witnessing the hero meet the mentor in the movie and overcoming that objective, which you've, you're faced with and often when you're watching movies. So I happen to be a fan of movies and stories. And so I just kind of went into this storytelling thing with both, both eyes wide open and just recognized that if we could tell better stories, how much further can we get in our career if we can understand and explain how to communicate that story to others? And what is the value of that? Yeah. So how did you make that connection, though, between storytelling and career acceleration? Let's call it that. So good question. I, I would say for me, 
in my own personal career, I had a, a few discoveries uh, as I was navigating my own career waters and, and moving through my career at AT&T, which I spent 12 years at AT&T. I recognized there were some similarities in my behavior when I did not get promotions, when I got passed up, passed over, skipped up, whatever you want to call it, Justin. Mm -hmm. um, and most of the time when I did not land that next level job or that next lateral move or opportunity, it was because I didn't feel very comfortable communicating who I am at the core and what my background really is in an authentic way. And so I spent a lot of time preparing for opportunities, thinking about what I believed people wanted me to communicate about myself instead of communicating who I am. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. And I think that's a huge problem, especially that students have, right? Because we're always told what we think that we're supposed to be doing growing up, whether it's from our parents or whether it's from our teachers. And a lot of the times their advice sort of comes from a good place but they aren't necessarily in that same position that we are, right? The, the world that they grew up in is completely different than the world that we grew up in. So I love that point, that last point that you brought up. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because we, as we, even as we prepare for interviewing and some of the things that we go through in our preparation stages and how we're taught, we are taught to research. And I wouldn't suggest that researching is bad, but researching uh, for the reason or purpose of uh, communicating um, in a way that is trying to sell yourself outside of your comfort zone probably isn't, you're not serving yourself well doing, utilizing that research for that purpose. Researching is important, but is it better to know everything about the company that you want to go work for, or is it better to be able to know and communicate your greatest value? And that's the question. Yeah. And I think that second piece is what a lot of people forget, not just students, but individuals in general, right? They do all the research up front and they could probably tell you who the CEO is, how much money that company's made that year, whatever Wikipedia fact that they could find. But then when the, the question gets flipped onto them of, hey, Stan, tell me a little bit about yourself, they freeze up because that's the part that they forgot to study themselves. And right. <laughs> even though it's super, like, it's so counterintuitive, right? Like you would think that you actually know who you are, but at the end of the day, a lot of individuals, myself included, especially before I got on this journey of LinkedIn, I couldn't answer that question confidently. That momentum, that downward momentum of failing that first question continues through that whole interview. And I think it's such a solid starting point if you're able to really be able to tell your story in that first 30 to 60 seconds of any interview. Yeah, I mean, and I know, you know, you know as well as I do, and I interact with with many students like you, not as many as you, but many. <laughs> you know, one of the challenges that I see oftentimes is there is a preparation that students moving and traversing from the um, college experience into the career, they do a preparation exercise that is heavily indexed, like we just spoke about, on research. Mm -hmm. And the reality is when you understand that you will never impress someone in an interview with the research you know about a company that they've worked for, for maybe 10 or 15 years, your knowledge of them, of them and their organization will never outweigh their experience. So are you, you have to ask yourself, am I going to really impress them with what I have researched? Is, 
if you're going for a job that requires a ton of research and that's the core job function, you'll probably impress them. But if it's outside of that realm, it may not be impressive at, at all. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think too, right, in your industry of sales, there's so much research that you could probably do on a company. But I feel especially for the entry level position of students that they're applying to, your story is what really gets you that role. You have to sell yourself on that role. And no matter how much research that you do on Boeing, what's really going to matter is can they see you selling that airplane, right? Yep. Yep. It is the it is the story and the narrative that you will tell that qualifies you for the position and for the the right to earn an opportunity. But secondarily, Justin, it is the quality of the questions you ask in an interview that also qualifies you for to obtain information that you can utilize to craft your narrative. So think about it. When you ask questions of an interviewer, the quality of those questions will determine information that you can extract, that you can utilize to determine their problems and their desired state and whether or not you're a good fit for that role. Yeah, I think questions are super unique. Anyone who's listened to the episode just before this one, Daniel Botero, a good friend of both of us, mm -hmm. he had a really good question that he'd like to ask in interviews of, I forgot what it was, but it was something along the lines of, can you see me in the role? Like, would you hire me today, basically? And flipping it on the recruiter, because if the recruiter then comes back and says, anything of like a negative, so to say, that's your last opportunity to sort of put out your objection to that and showcase why you actually have that leadership skill or you have that sales skill, whatever it may be. So again, that all comes back down to mastering your story, because if you know your story and you can manipulate it in the right way to fit different scenarios that the recruiter or hiring manager is asking of you, mm -hmm. you can ace that interview. So let's get back to storytelling. Sure. How do students start mastering their story? So understanding uh, basic story structure can be extremely useful for a student. Uh, most students that I interact with, and, and you may feel the same way, feel like they don't have a worthy story or compelling narrative to tell, right? <laughs> yep. like they, they've been in college. Um, and I would, I, I have, uh, I would argue the point that most students do have a story. Most students have worked on joint projects, uh, have done some internship, whether paid or unpaid, have worked on teams and have added valuable contributions to solve some pretty big problems in their educational journey. So what you've got to do as a student, I believe, is understand story structure so you can take your experiences and put them into story. Most of us think about story in terms of, you know, there's a hero, that hero has problems, and then there's a mentor, someone that helps guide them through the journey. And then there's a big problem where the hero all of a sudden realizes that they have a superpower to overcome whatever villain or antagonist might be in the story. And then the story ends with a final battle. And, and so it's kind of like traditional movie storytelling. Well, career storytelling, Justin, is a little bit different. You curious about learning about that? 100%. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So if you're listening to this, pay attention. So if you're a student, what you should think about is who you served as being the hero in your story. So think about the project, think about the group that you've worked in and what was, who was that group and what were the problems that you at, as a person inside the group or at the, the group faced. So 
the hero or protagonist in the story is not you. We all want to be heroes and want to save the day. Inside of compelling stories, what you want to do is pull yourself out of that protagonist position and place the company you served, the group or organization or project you served inside of that protagonist role in the story. Uh, Every protagonist has two things, very, very basic level, desired state. So it was the desired state of the project. And what were the problems that the protagonists were faced with? So real simple, you can just, you know, actually just define your protagonist in the story. And then we always worry about, well, where is the part that I play in the story? Well, if I have a protagonist that I'm serving, I serve as what I like to call at StoryKate, the Pathfinder. And we define the Pathfinder as you, as us. And we have empathy and authority. So why were we picked for the project? And who qualifies us to do that actual position? And when you're in school, you don't feel like you're qualified, but you actually are. You, you are learning. You're in an, edu- in an educational experience. And so if you're in a class, that alone qualifies you for the journey ahead. And so you think about it now, we have a protagonist and a pathfinder, and there is a pathway that the pathfinder paints for the protagonist. And so now the pathway itself is a solution. What did you actually do? So now you just get into explaining what you did. How did you help the protagonist overcome the problems and reach the desired state? And then at the end of the story, which is the fourth P, we call it the four P's of storytelling, just in case you're wondering, Justin, (laughs) is the payoff. So simply said, how did the story end? Did it end in success and students struggle with failure? So we have designed a program that positions failure as a learning experience, not for just you, but the protagonist also can learn throughout this storytelling process. So to recap, it's called the four P's of storytelling by StoryKate, which is my organization. And we teach this to students so that they can craft their narratives. Every story has a protagonist who meets a pathfinder, who, who actually guides them to a pathway, ultimately leading to a payoff. The four P's of storytelling. I love that. And I think the to put it in the simplest of terms, right? I love how you said it's what did you do? Because so many times whenever I talk to whether it's a career coach or any influencer on LinkedIn or just in anyone in general about interview advice, they love to use buzzwords like how did you provide value? I understand that because I'm a marketer and I've been around that world and I understand what value is. But to a mm-hmm. student the word value can mean so many different things. And especially when you're coming from a place of novice, so to say, because you're just getting started in the career world, you don't understand what type of value that you provide. And in the student setting of a school project or an unpaid internship or whatever it may be, that value is you actually doing something. That can be you calming down a customer, you calming down a teammate so that they handle their temper tantrum and they don't burn down the whole project or anything like that, that is the value that you can bring to a company, but they don't explain that to students. And I, that's why I love the four P's exactly what you preach. The last point that I want to bring up over all of this is ending the story. 
We've talked about this separately off of this podcast before of students not necessarily understanding how to end their story. Can you explain a little bit more what that means? Yeah, I'd love to. And before I do that, I I really want to key in on something you said about value. We are taught to provide value, to showcase our value. Would you agree with that? 100%. So what we do because we are taught this is we show up to interviews or interactions with others and we say, oh, generic statements like, well, we are really good at calming and de-escalating clients and caring for people and we care about people. And we use these blanket blanket value terms as if the other person is going to be able to understand what that means. <laughs> it has It has zero context unless you define the person or company you are helping and define the problem that they are faced with. So if I say, I provide value to college students. Well, great. That's perfect. But if I say, hey, the college students that I help are faced with the following problems, and here's how I provide value, the story all of a sudden makes more sense. And so we have to, I think, get away, Justin, from just talking about understanding these value prop statements, unique value proposition statements that we want to spit out and understand and be able to explain when we have showcased that in our lives. Because where we fail oftentimes is that if we don't provide evidence to people, they don't believe what we are saying. So you can't separate yourself in a job interview process without providing stories that that showcase evidence of you being who you say you are. And so I'm sorry I went off on a tangent there, but <laughs> but I just um, it, it really kind of makes my skin crawl a bit when we talk about value. You know, we we are in a position where it's important for us to articulate what our values are, but we must have evidence to showcase those values. And and we're when we can do that, our stories and our evidence and our values become more believable to our audience. Another day, another cheat code, and you're on your way to defeating the level that we like to call college. If you've liked any of the cheat codes that we've given out, please hit that subscribe button and give us a review on iTunes. Each review helps us grow and make sure that more people learn these tips. We love to hear from you all, so make sure you check out our website, www.getchillgrindup.com, and follow us on all social media platforms at Get Chill Grind Up. That's G-E-T-C-H-O-G-R-I-N-D-U-P. So until next time, peace.